Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The marvelous galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Happy New Year and welcome to the marvelous galaxy of Disney. My name is Sean. This is Alan. We've got a lot to talk about today because we missed a week last week. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our experience at New Year's at Disneyland. We're going to talk about a Disney-owned board game, well, property that was integrated with a board game (laughs) that we played on New Year's. We're going to talk about the Star Wars VR experience that we did at Downtown Disney just before the holidays. Jessica Rabbit makes her way to Cartoon Spin as a strong female Two Guardians of the Galaxy characters that we will not see in a movie unless Hasbro gives permission because they still own those characters. There may be problems with some uh, poo copyright. We need the poo to be back. Oh, poo. (laughs) Oh, bother. Um, And, of course, we have some spoiler-filled reviews for you. We're going to talk about Hawkeye Episode 5 and 6, Book of Boba, and... We're going to give you some spoilers on Spider-Way No Way Home and talk about our experience seeing it again in 4DX. Yeah, we watched it twice. Twice! It's that good. Spoiler alert. that good. All right, with that, let's get into it. Yeah. So, New Year's Day, Alan was a jerk and said, Hey, Sean, I know we've been up till 2 in the morning, but let's get up at 6.30 and go to the park. Well, the reason why (laughs) is because, in my defense... Is because usually, or like a little known secret, is that um, the Disney or New Year's Day is usually a little less crowded because everyone was out celebrating New Year's Eve. So a lot of people probably aren't going to the park so early in the day. We also wanted to get there early because the we thought first group of people to go on yeah. Storybook Land get to sign a book. They were there, but it turns out it's only the very first person to enter the ride for that day. Yeah. So we're like, we could fight to do that, or we could go on rice. <laughs> yeah. Like, we could probably, I feel, do the storybook one day. Um, but it's like storybook or rise. You know, we haven't been on rise in a while, and it's such an awesome ride. Let's do that. And we did. Yeah. So we did it the right way. So remember, if you're going to get their first thing to go on rise, you need to go through... Well, you don't need to, but I'd recommend going through Frontierland and taking the Frontierland entrance through our two Galaxy Edge where you pop up next to the milk stand and then go left towards Rise. The reason for that is, again, on December 1st when I went with my girls, Rachel and Jesse, um, the line was already all the way back to Big Thunder. So since we went through Fantasyland, mm-hmm. a lot of people got there before us. Yeah. And this time... A lot of people went around next to um, New Orleans Square past uh, Splash Mountain Mm -hmm. and went in that way. But if you do that, then by the time they got there, the line was already going through Galaxy's Edge. So that's still the best path, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's funny because you would initially think that the path through like Splash or through um, Critter Country would be the best because that's kind of where the line kind of leads into um but actually uh what sean mentioned that's the best option uh because in the line will they form the line entrance that way yeah so we we were 
entering the ship with, uh, or we were ent- entering the bay with Ray by 8.30. The park mm-hmm. opened at 8, and we got on the ride by 8.40. So it really wasn't that long that we had to wait doing it this way. Yeah, that's that's definitely the surefire way if you don't want to wait too long in line is to go that route and do it first thing in the morning. Yep. The only thing I was excited, but it kind of sucked, is the Kylo Ren animatronic at the end of the ride was broken, so we got to see the B mode, which um, was cool to see, but it was kind of late. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the window that you see, like the the ship out, like the the, the battles, <laughs> the fighters outside. Um, basically, Kylo's in his own Tie Fighter. Yeah, he flies up on a Tie Fighter and says all his regular lines, but it just looked kind of cheesy. Like, yeah. I don't know, being a Star Wars nerd, I'm like, we wouldn't be able to hear him in his TIE Fighter. <laughs> well, that, I didn't even notice. I was just like, because, oh, at the same time, too, we were looking for the hidden Mickey. Which we found. Which we found, yeah. Which basically three buttons on the... Yeah, <laughs> on three the buttons directly across from Kylo Ren. Yeah. So it's easier to see because our cars didn't spin all the way around. We were yeah. facing out the windows, so Kylo would have been on our left. So we looked to our right, and we saw it. Yeah, we were probably more excited about that than seeing B-Mode, but it's still cool. But yeah, I mean, to your point, it's not as exciting because you don't have the wind effects when, like, the one of the TIE fighters, like, blasts into the side of the, the building, so you don't see that effect. And, of course, the animatronic Kylo Ren, he's not there either. Yeah, but still, like, even if that was the end of the ride, I'm like, the rest of the ride is so amazing. Yeah. I'm not banking on that to make or break it. Yeah, <laughs> and Sean also almost got yelled at. Um, they told us <laughs> to go to the gray line, but Sean went to the orange line instead, and everyone was so scared for your life. They're like, she's going to yell at you. Go back on gray. Maybe I'm colorblind, Alan. You are. I'm not, but um, <laughs> I didn't hear what color she said, and I saw her hand gesture, and there were already like people <laughs> on gray, so I was like, oh, she wants me to go there. And then, yeah, the party across from us was so like oh no don't go there yeah they were so scared for our lives yeah i I love it i like it when you're with a group that's really like into it yeah they hadn't been on it yet so they're Mm -hmm. all like wow ah." i love the (laughs) the surprise when you go up the elevator yeah it gives me butterflies in my stomach yeah so yeah um this we were actually only at the park for about three hours and we did uh, Rise, we did Roger Rabbit twice, we did Star Tours, Snow White. And we had um, Ronto Wraps. We had Ronto Wraps. I tried the Impossible Meat one, which is actually really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did a lot, for, and we shopped, which mm-hmm. we always end up doing. <laughs> yeah. So we did a lot in a little time. So this was definitely a good idea to go at this time. It just is tough getting up that early yeah. after being out all night, but, but that's fine. But why were we out? Or up so late. <laughs> we were up so late because I think it was either for her birthday or Christmas last year. I bought my dear friend, Rachel, Kingdom Hearts Talisman. Oh, you Alan. were the one that got I'm it. I'm the culprit. Oh, no. I bought it for her because it's a game. Talisman itself is a game that I used to play when I was younger, which I didn't remember until I was playing it again when I was older. <laughs> and then Rachel had played it a lot too. So when they came out with Kingdom Hearts Talisman, I was like, these are two things she loves. <laughs> so this was actually our first time like opening it and playing it. And yeah, the only thing about Talisman, which I was afraid of, is it's like a probably three to five hour game. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if we were more skilled at playing, <laughs> maybe it would have taken less, but... 
Yeah, because I think most of us were probably, this is the first time playing it, right? Yeah, and we, we did play the short mode quotations, <laughs> which just means you start with more strength, but it's still a very difficult game because you have to build up your strength, you have to build up your magic, you have to try to maintain your health while solving certain, um, what, what would be the word, like conditions to move into the next round yeah. or realm, I guess you call it. There's like four total, the last one being the winning realm, but there's a lot of things that make you go back to the beginning or trap you or attack you. Yeah. Or it's sh- almost like Dungeons and Dragons, the board game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very pretty, though. It, it involves a lot of the Disney worlds. It has a lot of the Trinity spaces, which I don't think the original Talisman has. I'd have to double check. I own the original. <laughs> um, but the the plethora of characters you can be. You could be Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Riku, Kyrie, Sora, <laughs> um, Aqua, uh, Ventus, Terra. They even had Shion, who was only in one game. So I think I got them all. I hope I got them all. I think so. Yeah. So they had a lot of cool characters you could be. And overall, like, I kind of want to throw out Talisman and get Kingdom Hearts Talisman. But at the same time, (laughs) it's like, it just takes so long. You have to really be dedicated to play it. Yeah. I don't know when I'll agree to play it again. Wow. I'm just kidding. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, It was fun. Like, once you kind of get the hang of it, it's pretty, like, self-explanatory to play. Um but yeah, it's just make sure you have the whole day, you make sure you have lunch and dinner planned out and ready while you're playing so that you're probably going to go through both because it's such a long game. Yeah, because <laughs> it got to about one thirty in the morning and we knew we had to get up early and then um, uh, we kind of fast forwarded the last track <laughs> and just yeah. let Rachel like go through it and win. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's cool. So overall, I'd say if you're a... Hardcore gamer, this is a really awesome game to play. If you're like, a, I want to play a Monopoly or Sorry person, maybe not the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is a game? What? The Star Wars VR experience. Yeah, it's out, and we did it. Yeah, it's for the Oculus Rift. For Yeah, for the Oculus um, headset. And yeah, they they had this going on from noon till eight o'clock p.m. Uh, going on now till January fifth. So probably by the time you listen to this, you'll have the next day. No, two days. Two days. It comes out on the third. Yeah. So it's basically a promotion for uh, MetaQuest 2's virtual reality uh, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, and basically it's it transports you into the world of Galaxy's Edge. So. In the preview that we had, we went to Oga's Cantina, and you kind of like explore there. You you're able to. I didn't do it, but I guess you can. There's an area where you can play darts. You can even like grab a drink and drink virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I think there's a second area where they take you out to like shoot things, right? Yeah, you go into an outside area. You can pick up different guns or like a I don't know what you call it, but it follows you. It's, it looks like a little sphere and it yeah. follows you and shoots things similar to the one that luke practiced lightsaber bouting with in uh, star wars a new hope yeah so yeah this was a free experience you just have to show up at downtown disney and make sure there's slots available eventually later in the day around two they mm-hmm. were taking walk-ins but only if it's not busy 
And it's cool because they give you a water bottle. You can choose to get a poster and uh, you get a $20, I want to say, a gift card off of anything from Quest mm-hmm. Games. So it's a cool experience for free. Um, the game itself, as someone who has PlayStation VR and has played different VRs, the game itself was okay. Yeah, I wasn't like blown away from it. I was more blown away by the free stuff that you get. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. I mean, you, the whole experience is free, so why not get something free at Disney? Because that's not usually common over here, over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, it is pretty, like, you don't have, what's nice about the whole experience, too, is that you don't have to, like, wait in line uh, to go and experience it. You can check in, and then they'll they'll tell you when to come back. And, like, we only waited, like, maybe five, ten minutes once we got in line. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a good experience, and everybody was nice. You have somebody standing in the pod with you who kind of guides you if you get stuck or mm-hmm. just kind of tells you what to do. But, yeah, overall fun experience. Probably wouldn't buy the game. <laughs> Plus, I don't have Oculus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but if you do want experiences, it's at the old ESPN Zone building. Yep. Yeah. You know what else we did on New Year's? We went on Cartoon Spin. Jessica Ra- or Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rabbit Cartoons. Look, I'm already handing it over to her. <laughs> um, yeah, because we had heard that the Jessica Rabbit stuff is up finally, so we wanted to experience it. And they put up two Jessicas throughout the ride, and we went on it twice because, A, there was no line, but, B, because uh, it's so hard to get picture or video (laughs) of her just from the way the ride moves and for how briefly you see her the first time. But to the credit of the employees, they were so fun about us going on it twice because they're like, oh, you're back again, or oh, did you have a a better time this time, or oh, just make sure to drive a little wackier this time. So. I like that they added that special touch for us. That was cute. Yeah. So they added Jessica Rabbit in her yellow uh, detective coat and hat in the very beginning. She has her hand out like she's, um, I don't know, telling you to stop. Don't Mm -hmm. keep going. And then in the end, this one kind of upset me a little because she's not in her beautiful Jessica Rabbit dress anymore next to the weasel. She's in her detective outfit. Yeah, in the yellow detective outfit, which looks like uh, Carmen Sandiego, but not. Yeah, Carmen Sandiego, (laughs) but yellow. So uh, you can actually find video of her second appearance on the ride on Mm -hmm. our Instagram and our reels. Uh, We didn't really get a good shot of her first appearance, though. Yeah. But do you think this makes a significant change to the ride? I mean, I I think... It helps justify the fact they're doing it because in the beginning, remember, we were talking about how, oh, it's kind of lame. They just kind of like took her out of the ride, out of the trunk of the ride and just referenced it here and there in terms of just like, I think there was like a letter or something in the line where we're like, where's Jessica Rabbit? But their whole plan was to add more figurines of her to be more like empowered in the ride, I guess you can say, because she's, yeah, she's holding like a mallet um, and she's, a detective. So yeah, I, it's a welcome change. Um, it doesn't really change the ride too much for me, but yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't really change the ride. I like, I like their thought behind it, that it empowers Jessica as a woman, that she has more of a purpose in the ride rather than just being princess peach and waiting for uh, Roger Rabbit to come save her. She's actually like, Doing something. She has a purpose. So that's cool. Yeah. I just miss seeing her in her beautiful dress, though, too. True. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what else is beautiful? Me. 
Encanto. Ooh. <laughs> um, so this is actually pretty cool. Someone pointed out that, yeah, so in the end credits, Disney actually uh, teased out um, their next upcoming animated movie, which is kind of cool. I don't know if Disney's ever done that before, but at the very end where you see, like, the Dolby, like, this is intended for Dolby and, like, Walt Disney Records, you can actually see a spaceship on the left. And that is supposed to be referencing their upcoming movie, Strange World. So that kind of gives a little sneak peek of exactly what the movie is going to be about. So it looks like it's going to take place in space, which is cool. But yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. I mean, I feel like that's just something random that you would see in the movie because there's no space reference to it. So we can only assume that it's probably going to be something for the upcoming movie, especially with the name Space. Um, um, Strange World. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even think about that. Why is there a spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> so I love Disney with their Easter eggs. Yeah. You know what else has a, a heck of a lot of Easter eggs? What? Marvel. What? Moving over to the Marvel, I, th- I added this because I thought it was really interesting that out of all of the agreements Marvel's you know, cut through the red tape through, like they have most of their characters back except for like Spider-Man and the Spider-Man related characters. But even those, they are in a uneasy agreement with (laughs) Sony so that they both make money off of it. But there are still two characters that uh, people have been hitting up James Gunn on Twitter saying we want these characters in Guardians 3. And James Gunn has revealed, nope, not going to happen unless... Hasbro, of all people or entities, gives permission because apparently Hasbro owns the rights to two Marvel characters. Wow. So I'm going to be honest, as much as I'm into Marvel, I'd never heard of one of these two. I think he's a little more old school. But this one is Rom the Space Knight. Rom. Rom. R-O-M. Is his partner Com? Rom-com. Stop. Romantic comedy. I I know. (laughs) So he's cool. He looks kind of like a a metallic robot-looking guy. Um, The other one I have come across in the Guardians comics, and that is Bug, who, just like he sounds, he's like a humanoid bug-looking thing. Okay. Very creative name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Bug got pretty popular because he's very, like... um, sympathetic as a character like he's just very sweet but he's also a good fighter Mm -hmm. and he makes this like crit sound (laughs) great great so um i guess these characters came about from a deal between hasbro and marvel to incorporate uh like figures into marvel so they can make the figures popular through adding them into comics and Marvel has done this a lot, like, uh, same way with Dazzler. Dazzler came about from, they were going to actually have a live singer perform as Dazzler and have the character in the comics, but that never took off. Mm. So, yeah, Marvel did a lot of trials like this in the past, but it looks like it's coming back to bite them once again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I were Hasbro, Hasbro, like, I would totally agree for them to use them because it's like, Whatever's in the movies, you can make toys and you'll make money off of it. People will want to buy it. Exactly. Like, Marvel already works with Hasbro. Hasbro releases a lot of the Marvel figures. Yeah. So if I were Hasbro, I'd be like, yeah, use them. <laughs> yeah. Just make them, like, cool in the movie so people want the figures. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it all works. Yeah. Well, there's also in the Disney world another kind of uh, ownership kind of situation. Oh, bother. Oh, yes. With um, Pooh. Ew. Winnie the Pooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so apparently uh, Disney's ownership or copyright, copyright protection of Winnie the Pooh expires this year, 2022. Wow, sorry, 2022. Um, and people are wondering whether or not Disney's going to renew that copyright. Um, or if Disney doesn't, which some experts say that that's more the more likely situation, like what's going to happen to... Um, Winnie the Pooh, and especially like the rides in the parks. Are they going to keep them? Are they going to have to retheme the rides? Yeah, it's interesting. I would wonder, like, does it cost more to redo the rides? Mm-hmm. Or because they already have the track, so they'd pretty much be redoing the animatronics. Yeah. Or does it cost more to keep the copyright and keep the rides? And does the copyright even mean that they can't keep the rides or not? Because yeah. I know when. Marvel, or Disney acquired Marvel, the Marvel rides in Universal Studios Florida Islands of Adventure were allowed to stay, even though they don't have any ownership with them anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I have a lot of questions there. Yeah. Or maybe Universal will take the rights to it and do a little switcheroo. They'll be like, you did this to us, Marvel, so we're going to do it to you, Disney with Pooh. <laughs> Disney with Pooh. <laughs> I know, I feel like Pooh's not even a big, like, draw anymore. I don't know. But kids, I mean, I, I guess it is. Kids, You're right. Yeah. Oh, bother. Uh, nah. What's so, going on with Walt Disney World? Yeah, remember how the sad news that the Magical Express is no longer happening in i guess starting now no Mm. more no more yeah so what's cool though is that there's this company that is releasing a new um bus system to go from the orlando airport to disney world which is called the sunshine flyer so if you are going out to orlando this year this is an option for you and versus like taking um like public transport another public transportation or Uber, which can be a bit pricey. Um, this one is actually pretty cool because it's themed to like um, like a vintage locomotive. the The skin of the bus is looks like that, so I think that's kind of cool to do. Because honestly, like I think the the nice thing about Magical Express is that it is all themed, and they play like Disney videos for you while you're on the way to the park or the resort. Um, so yeah, just another option for you if you do plan to go there. Uh, pricing for it is so a one-way ticket costs seventeen dollars for each adult and twelve fifty per child, ages three to eight, and then a round trip ticket for an adult is thirty-four dollars and twenty-five for a child. And more information can be found on sunshineflyer.com. Interesting. So this is another thing I feel like the first thing we'd go to is like being mad that there's not a free option like there used to be, but at the same time, like you can't get a free option with any other yeah like theme park so i think this is fair yeah and i was thinking too like here in la i know we don't really think about it because we're pass holders but i wonder how people who don't live in la get to the park that's true yeah i mean i'm sure they can take uber or whatever but it's kind of like yeah kind of the same situation here too yeah we don't have the magical express and never have yeah (laughs) (laughs) interesting yeah 
All right, so this last part of the show, we're going to get into our spoiler reviews. Uh, first, we're going to do Hawkeye 5 and 6, then Book of Boba, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> How does that sound to you, Alan? Can we switch it up? Sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll get into our favorite moment. Yes. All right, we watched Hawkeye 5 and 6 just before this. Well, I did. I watched it before, yeah. <laughs> So what do you think of these last two episodes? Very good. We get a lot more Yelena, which is very nice. She's just so funny. Yeah, I think episode five may be my standout episode for this whole <laughs> six yeah. episodes, which is funny because it's like a Yelena-heavy episode. Mm-hmm. But I just love the whole part of seeing her blip and how she yeah. blipped and came back and... Just, yeah, seeing her just be funny and be her. Like, they've done a really good job, like, with the whole macaroni and cheese scene, for Mm -hmm. example, of just writing in moments that make us just love her because she's so quirky and random and funny. Yeah. So I think they've done a good job of inserting somebody to be our new Black Widow. Yeah. And there's even a new, well, new-ish character that they introduced in this, which is uh, Kingpin. Yeah, played yeah. by Vincent D'Onofrio, mm-hmm. who was Kingpin in the Daredevil show, yeah. which we've also had Charlie Cox show up in Spider-Man. I keep saying Spider-Way. Spider-Man No Way Home. So there's been a lot of discussion online as to, are these the same characters we saw in Daredevil? And the reason that's coming up is Marvel has said that the Netflix shows are not canon with the MCU, but now we're using actors who are in the Netflix shows. So people are wondering if we're just like reusing the char- the actors mm-hmm. or if they're actually the characters that went through that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, especially it seems like they're focusing a lot more with Daredevil because we'll talk about it more about with No Way Home. But we saw Daredevil in that, too. So it's like, yeah, Marvel says one thing, but we see these characters or actors show up still in the MCU, which is, I mean, I'm not, like, complaining about it, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, and one of the big things that people are pointing out is that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio never used the the diamond-studded cane in mm. Daredevil, oh. which could hint that this is another version of Kingpin, which, I mean, we've kind of seen with Spider-Man No Way Home, I said it right, that there can <laughs> be different versions of the same person, but in that one, they were played by different people. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows? Between Daredevil and this, he could have just started using the cane. True. I would like to see that these are the characters from the show, because I think the characters in the shows were um, self-contained enough to where they can still exist without messing with the movie continuity. Yeah, I don't see why not. Like, get to your point. Like it, it would even bring more people to like in, back interest to the Marvel series as well too. Like yeah, those series as well too. Like people would w- probably want to rewatch those. Yeah, I know. After seeing Charlie Cox and No Way Home, I went and watched. I finally watched season three of Daredevil, <laughs> and yeah. I watched uh, season one of Punisher. Yeah, which they're both really good, especially the movie with John Travolta. Stop it. <laughs> And now a lot of people are wondering if uh, Bullseye from the show, because we didn't really see him fully as Bullseye until the very last scene of Daredevil, if we're going to see him more in the movies or in future shows. Yeah. 
What I'm thinking is knowing that there's an Echo show coming, I think with her being so tied to Kingpin, and we didn't see, we heard shots at the end yeah. of Hawkeye, but we didn't see anybody get shot. We heard two shots. I think um, he's not dead. No. This is just setting up like, you tried to kill me. Now I have more reason to get back at you, even though we were, quote unquote, family. Yeah. Yeah. It's always that cliche of like, we think he's dead, but no. I mean, Kingpin, like, he survives a lot of things. Yeah, he does. Because the whole thing with Kingpin is, like, Spider-Man, when he first meets Kingpin way back in, like, I think the 70s, he kind of makes fun of Kingpin for being fat. <laughs> and I had never known this before, but Kingpin's not fat. That's all muscle. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so he's, like, super strong. And that's why you see in Hawkeye, like, uh, there's an explosion and he gets thrown back. He doesn't get hurt because no. he's all muscle. He also got shot with an arrow. Yeah. And nothing happened. And nothing happened because <laughs> he's super strong. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, I think we are going to see more of the Netflix characters come forward, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> Should we talk about Eleanor Bishop? <laughs> yeah. So we find out that Eleanor Bishop has taken on her husband's past, uh, what, crime deals. So she's been forced to work with the kingpin, and she's been the mastermind all along over her, was he her fiancé in the show, or boyfriend, fiancé? I think they were fiancé. So she was setting him up to look like the villain, but it was her all along. It was Eleanor all along. It was Eleanor all along. So they've taken a little bit more of a subtle approach with Eleanor because in the comics, she's a vampire. (laughs) So Kate thinks she's dead for a long time, but it turns out she's a vampire. Maybe. Does she have connections to Morbius? (laughs) No. Okay. But she did have connections to Madame Mask. Okay. Who's, uh, I think her name is Whitney Frost. Mm Mm-hmm. The thing about Madame Mask, though, which is funny, is um, they used her already. They used Whitney Frost in the, uh, uh, what's her name, Carter. Agent Carter. Agent Carter, yeah. In the Agent Carter show, they used Whitney Frost. So I was wondering, are we going to ignore that and use Madame Mask again, or are we going to link to another villain and we link to Kingpin instead? That sounds simple. Yeah. Sounds like a simple problem. And Eleanor's not a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it would have been too soon to introduce vampires. So I'm glad they didn't do that. But I think the bestest part of the whole series was the at the end of episode six. So first off, if you haven't watched it yet, make sure to go through all of episode six past the credits because there's a special end credit scene that was a gift to a holiday gift to all of us from Marvel, which is basically a um, musical scene from Rogers the Musical. And it was amazing. It was. I want to see it so bad. Alan and I separately have the same thought. Yeah. They need to get rid of the Frozen musical and put this in its place at uh, California Adventure. Yeah, the Hyperion Theater. Like It would be perfect because it's right next to Avengers Campus. Um, and it's the staging i mean like it's a broadway theater style theater so like it's just perfect it just makes total sense yeah i think they're gonna do it like we're not the only ones who had this thought i'm sure so yeah overall i really liked hawkeye i thought it was better than falcon and winter soldier 
but I still love Loki and WandaVision. They were so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, because those were so, like, otherworldly, too, that you can't beat it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. But still, Hawkeye is really good and the perfect show to watch during the holidays. Yeah, it was very much a, a holiday show. And we get the end with Kate kind of saying, what should we call me? And it just leaves off with uh, Clint saying, how about? And then it just goes up with the Hawkeye. Yeah. So this looks like it is, like we thought, the end of Clint Barton Hawkeye and the beginning of Kate Bishop yeah. Hawkeye. Oh, and they also revealed that Clint's wife is a shield agent. Yeah, that was cool. That was, yeah, because I was wondering, like, the whole watch thing, like, who does that belong to and why is it so important? Mm-hmm. And then we knew. Then we knew. Yeah. Yay. Yay. So we finished Hawkeye. Any final thoughts on Hawkeye? I approve. Okay. <laughs> Book of Boba, episode one. Yeah, it finally came out. It finally came out. We start with seeing kind of flashbacks of Boba's life, including, I liked it, Linked back all the way to Camino from um, Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. the episode two movie, with him as a child. And then we link over to seeing him in the Sarlacc pit, which the Sarlacc pit was gross. gross. Seeing, like, hearing the heart beating as he's in that. I didn't even think about that, yeah. but you would. Yeah. And the thing about the Sarlacc pit is it said that you would um, basically, by be digested over thousands of years. So it basically like keeps you alive and slowly eats you. That's why he looks like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't he did not look well after getting out of Well he wasn't in there a thousand years. But, well yeah, but like you can tell like his skin was kinda yeah getting deteriorate deteriorating. And it's cool that we saw like a stormtrooper in there so mm-hmm. we know this thing's been eaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but dude he's had a a tough life. <laughs> just seeing everything he's been going through. Yeah, so we see him, like, dig his way out from underneath the ground. Then he gets taken by stupid Tusken Raiders. They're just yeah. the worst. They attacked Luke and Ben. They killed uh, uh, Anakin's mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're just... They took um, Boba captive. Yeah. Like, is there anything good that they do? No. 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 <laughs> So we get to see kind of the rise of Boba by him. I was kind of surprised because Boba Fett in the show so far is a very stand-up guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a bounty hunter, he was kind of very practical. Like, it's a job. I'm getting paid to do this. I'm going to do it. So he's never really a bad guy. But, yeah, they just show him as very moral in the show so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious to see where he goes. Where all of this goes in future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, well, I think they also want you to like him because obviously he's the, the main character. Main character. Uh, but yeah. I think for me, the biggest takeaway from this first episode, two things. Number one, I think the show really wanted to showcase uh, Fennec Shand, played mm-hmm. by Ming-Na Wen. She's just so cool. Yeah. Like, seeing her in that chase of the oh, yeah. assassins and just how, like, good she is at her job, how devoted she is to Boba. Like, she, I think, is someone we're going to see a lasting effect from. Plus, I mean, not when. I mean, the woman is gorgeous. Yeah. She always plays such great characters. Like, of course, we're going to fall in love with her. Yeah, I'm excited for her story. Like, to learn more about her, too. I did think it was funny in the season one of Mandalorian, or was it season two? 
one, two, that she had such a small role. But yeah. it makes sense now that, like, she was getting ready to start in the yeah. show. So that's <laughs> where they were going with that. It's a little teaser of her right now. My other standout, Alan, do you know what that is? No. I believe this is the first time in Star Wars history that we've seen a, a Rex-type droid oh, yeah. in one of the shows or movies. Because yeah. I've only seen him on Star Tours and now in Oga's Cantina. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Rex himself we saw, but he was a white Rex-looking droid. Yeah, and that was, made me so excited. Yeah, he was like uh, a dealer, like a car dealer. A car dealer, yeah. yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah, because at first you were like, is that DJ Rex? And no. <laughs> no. You guys, I love DJ Rex. So does Rachel. <laughs> so does Stephanie. So does Jesse. We all love DJ Rex. I love DJ Rex. He's a cool guy. I Go got ahead. so excited when they kept him in the line of Star Tours and he randomly says lines from <laughs> the old ride. So I just wish that they would have like. An Easter egg ride on Star Tours where you go through the original ride. Of course, modified because C-3PO is the pilot. So you couldn't really get, like, the Rex experience. But it would be Mm -hmm. fun to randomly be able to get the original ride. Yeah. That would be, yeah. Maybe, you know, one year they'll do a special edition of bringing back the original ride. Yeah, maybe for one of its anniversaries. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Book of Boba? I thought it was good. I, I feel like this is more for the hardcore Star Wars fans because there mm. is a lot of nods to, like, you know, the old movies. And also it sounded like there's some references to the comics too, right? Or you'll probably find some of the story in the comics. Yeah, they're kind of living out some of the stuff we saw in the old books and comics. Yeah. Like Boba Fett did escape from the Sarlacc pit in the books, mm-hmm. the uh, expanded universe. So it's it's fun that you finally get to see in canon how these things would have played out or do play out. Yeah, and just curious to see what the fans or the viewers' reactions are going to be too. Because I feel like the nice thing with the Mandalorian is that you had like Baby Groot, which everyone fell in love you with. Mean Grogu or <laughs> you I mean, said Baby Groot, <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda, uh, or you know, yeah, um, or the child, or you know what? So. Yeah, there was that, like, kind of character that kind of appealed to the masses or, you know, was the cash cow to sell more merchandise. Uh, for this one, I don't see anything like that yet. But we'll see. Maybe they'll they'll introduce, like, a droid. I think it's Fennec. You think it's Fennec? Yeah. But sh- Fennec's not a baby. Oh. <laughs> it is interesting, and I'd like to see how it plays out that Boba seems to want to do things the stand-up way, but he doesn't want to do it. He wants to be treated like a crime boss, but he wants to do things legal mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Because he thinks that the governor should kind of bow down to him, but he doesn't want to, like, kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Spider-Man. Oh. spider <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Was this your first 4DX movie? No. I've oh, seen okay. 4DX before. Okay. Well, should we talk about the movie first? Before sure. we get into 4DX? What are we talking about? That it's a good movie? Yeah. We <laughs> love Spider-Man No Way Home. It's at about a 94% approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing we didn't spoil before, just in case you hadn't seen it yet, is, of course, it does add in amongst the villains. 
Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah. That's so fun. It was so good. I just love, even like to this day when we rewatched it like weeks later, people still were like, oh, when like Tom or um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire first appeared, everyone was just so excited for it. So like either they've been living under a rock and haven't heard any spoilers or, or what, but yeah, it still appeals to people and surprises people. I know, which is funny because there's already like Disney merchandise out that shows the three Spider-Men. So like, yeah, how do you not know? Yeah. But I guess they could just like convince themselves that, oh, well, they're just celebrating all three movies. (laughs) True. (laughs) But yeah, even before seeing it, there were rumors they were in it, but I was like, they're not going to have the villains and not the Spider-Men. So like, I was excited and surprised to see them, but I wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it just like validated what everyone was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I noticed, just a fun little fact, is uh, when Doctor Strange pushes Peter's soul out and tries to get the box and Peter's unconsciously moving the box, you can very faintly see his spider sense going off in his uh, spirit. Oh. So it confirms that that's why his body is subconsciously moving, because his spider sense is going off. Yeah. So I thought that was fun that they added those little wavies in. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed upon second watch is when the world is kind of splitting in the end and you see the purple mm-hmm. behind it and Doctor Strange is trying to keep everything together. I really paid attention to some of the figures that were trying to come through. Upon first watch, I saw one with, like, a staff, and I was like, who's that? Is that, like, a... Uh, uh, what do they call it? Like an external? Is that a uh, mm-hmm. eternal? Sorry, eternal. But what am I trying to say? Who made the eternals? The uh, oh, the I know what you're talking about, but I forgot their name. Yeah, I can't think of it right now. But no, it's just it's Craven. He's yeah. holding a spear, and then we both no- noticed Rhino. Yeah. So I thought that was fun that these different villains. I don't know if that's trying to hint that like maybe. Tobey Maguire fought these in the time that spanned from his movies to now, or Andrew Garfield. We know he fought Rhino, but we haven't seen Craven yet, but I know Sony's talking about a Craven movie. But yeah, it was just fun noticing. I can't imagine like who else we may not have noticed. Yeah. Well, I think it was also because there's they were like big characters and were part of the Sinister Six too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I wonder if that was also kind of like helping like full circle of like these are Sinister Six characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things that I've heard that have supposedly be, been confirmed, but I can't prove that to you, but I'll still talk about them. Apparently Venom was supposed to be part of the final battle. That would have been cool. I don't know why they, if that if the rumors are true, why they took it out. Yeah, because it would have completed, because one of the things we talked about is there were five villains. If there was one more, it would have been six. Yeah. But um, I imagine it would have been too much story to explain why Venom's there and why he's helping one side or the other since he's kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. He's not really a villain or a hero, so we'd have a lot more story to the two-hour, 20-minute movie. True. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad that they still had him in the movie in the post credit scene because it just would have felt kind of like a empty ending if there wasn't any reference to him because, like, the end credits or the post credit scene with the Venom 2 movie, like 
that there was some linkage there. So I'm glad they still had a bit of a link there. Yeah, so they made a point in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, to have the Venom suit say, hey, I know that guy when he yeah. saw Peter Parker. And then he transferred over to... Or he transferred over to our world and said, hey, I know that guy. So I'm assuming that's why he transferred, because he knew Peter Parker is Spider-Man. We don't know how yet. Mm-hmm. But then um, he blips out after Doctor Strange's spell goes off. So now apparently he doesn't know who... P- the suit must not know who Peter Parker is. We also wonder if anybody knows who Toby and Andrew Peter Parker is, because it erased just Tom Holland's Peter Parker, yeah. all of them. Yeah, that would be going to mess up if he also affected the other two. But yeah, I thought we'd talk about the piece of the Venom suit is left behind. Yeah. I have a few theories of where this could go. Would you like to hear them, Alan? Uh, do you have a choice? No. <laughs> I think this could be how they introduced the X-Men. In- <laughs> oh, my kidding. gosh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, one of my thoughts is they're not going to... I don't think they're going to introduce a new Eddie Brock into Tom Holland's no. Spider-Man. I don't think they would. Okay. So... I'm thinking it may still attach itself to Spider-Man because we may see the normal Venom story, like where Venom goes crazy from Spider-Man's hatred towards something. Uh But from there, I'm imagining they could take it a few ways. There was a joke in this movie where Ned Leeds talks about Uh how um, the best friend friend, turns into a villain. I think that could be a funny and climactic <laughs> way to go because Ned Leeds in the comics, he looks very different. He's like a thin white guy <laughs> and he's older. But Ned Leeds was actually the hobgoblin in the comics. So I think having that joke be set up in No Way Home could be a hint later down, which makes it funnier if he did get the suit and they played off of like maybe the suit helps him remember Spider-Man or, you know, something where there's, like, a a clash between the two of them. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. That's one of my theories. Um, Another one is, in the comics, uh, the suit eventually makes its way to, out of all people, Flash Thompson. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. So, having Flash Thompson be prevalent in all three of the movies, it would be a way to keep him prevalent in future movies and Flash Thompson wears the suit as kind of a struggle. Like, the suit wants to be a little more dark than Flash is comfortable with. <laughs> but Flash, being an ex-army person and having lost his legs in the war, the suit is his way of still being able to walk because it can make legs for him. And the suit eventually likes being with Flash because Flash, in his own way, creates a lot of like chaos in being a hero. Mm-hmm. So it has fun being on Flash, and it likes that Flash, and it, like, have a good relationship like Eddie and it did. I just can't see, well, maybe I can't see either <laughs> B-Venom, especially Flash, this Flash. But, I mean, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Um, but, yeah. I have one more theory. Uh-oh. And these theories, by the way, are coming from the spot that Spider-Man has effectively been cut off from the MCU heroes. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they're going to introduce different Spider-Man characters now to go on the adventure with him in these next movies. My last theory is there is a character in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics that got killed, but its persona got saved into a symbiote, and that's how it came back through Carnage. 
So this was actually a plan in some of the early scripts for the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, Amazing Spider-Man movies, Mm -hmm. was Gwen Stacy was going to come back in the third or fourth or both movies as Carnage. So she was going to be struggling with, you know, being not herself, but having the memories of Gwen Stacy, but Mm -hmm. being a beast at the same time and struggling with control over the symbiote. Yeah. So I think it would be interesting if they went this route, because not only would we get Gwen Stacy, not only would we get a female counterpart, but actually right now she calls herself Ghost Spider now, the Spider Gwen from an alternate dimension where Peter Parker died and Spider Gwen got bit. She actually uses a Venom suit as her hero. Oh. That's how she is a hero, I mean, because she lost her powers, but the Venom suit gives her Venom powers. Yeah. So it would be something in line with the comics. It would bring a female voice into the Spider-Verse. And I think it would make a lot of people really happy because we all love Spider-Gwen and Gwen Stacy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Emma Stone was so great in her role. Mm -hmm. So it would be good to see her back again. So that's the reason why I say that one to last. I think that's the strongest choice, and that's the one that I'd like them to go with the most. Let's see what happens. It would be interesting, too, that we got MJ first and then Gwen Stacy second. It would be kind of a neat little, like, switcheroo, mm-hmm. kind of like how Aunt May was the one who died and said, the with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that scene, though. That scene, it tears time. me up. <laughs> People were crying. Yeah. So, uh, did you have anything else on the movie that you noticed or wanted to talk about besides it being amazing, spectacular? No, just those. Nonstop. These are just all Spider-Man titles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sensational. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I I think it would be one of my favorite Marvel movies now. Yeah, no, everyone's saying, like, especially for the year anyways, this is the best movie of the year. Yeah. How did you like it in 40X? <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. It was like riding a actual like amusement park ride. We were giggling the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially in the beginning where Spider-Man or Tom Holland Tom Holland's character um takes Zendaya through like the spider like, with his spider webs through the city. Um it's just funny to see cuz that's like we start, right off the bat we just start like swinging around and it's just fun seeing everybody else too kind of just like being jolted around by the chairs. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So that brings us to our uh, favorite moment. Yeah. What's your favorite moment? My favorite moment is probably for Christmas, I got a gift from somebody. Um, It was uh, these rubber rings um, that were um, themed after Star Wars, and they're they're from a company called Enso, and they're just the cutest thing ever. Aww. Yeah. C3PONR2. Yeah. Mm. Mine's the same. I got a lot of very Disney-themed gifts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, the Muppets as Star Wars characters. I got a Boba Fett like button-down shirt. So just the love and care that people put into gifts was very just humbling very sweet yeah that's why i love christmas i like somebody i don't (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you for joining us today, and we will see you next week. Yeah, in our regularly regularly scheduled schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>